we're back for uh, the 20th episode. Kind of a milestone for us. A pretty big deal. What what'd you think? Yeah, you know. Yeah. Didn't think we'd get past two, but <laughs> here we are. <laughs> yeah, for real. Here we are with 20. Um, recapping week 10. Another crazy one. We got some, uh, you know, some... Some fans rushing the field, some upsets, um, some things that happened that we expected to happen. But I think as the you know the week start or the the year starts to come to a conclusion, we're gonna emphasize the college football playoff more as time goes by because I mean it's it's getting closer than uh, we realize. It's 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 around the corner basically. Yeah, final rankings come out in a, about a month's time. That's insane. Yeah, that'll be wild. You know. It's crazy. I, w- I wish they did um, the playoff rankings the entire year, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It would make more sense yeah. than kind of using the AP poll and then just being like, eh, it doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. Let's let's use something else. Yeah, exactly. So. But then the AP is still there the entire year. And it's yeah. just like, you know, here's this. Here's this on a Sunday, you know? Just think about this. It doesn't matter, but. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's what, that's what I felt like today is I, I was looking at this and I'm like, well, we're getting a new poll in, in two days anyway, yeah. so. But it's kind of like great a, and all, but yeah, it's it's a nice reference, you know. Yeah, is AP like is it more like algorithm based? Yeah, so it's like all the voters put in their ballots, and then like, I think there's like an algorithm that takes all the ballots and then like averages out the position. Okay. It's like if somebody has somebody at four and someone has them at seven, and there's like thirty of those ballots like that, mm-hmm. it'll like average them out to you know make it like, five, like five or, or six, six or whatever. Yeah, that makes so. sense. Okay, and then. uh College football playoff rankings. That's the committee, right? Yeah, just the 12, 13, 12 or 13. Just a room of guys, dudes yeah. just chopping it up about, about football. I'd love to like sit in and listen to kind of like what they're talking about, you know? I would love to too, but I just feel like I'd hear some nonsense. Yeah. And I'd be <laughs> yeah. like, why are these the dudes that are in charge of this? <laughs> they should throw us in there. We'd just like chime in and be like, hey. I'd be the yeah. guy chatting nonsense. <laughs> yeah, so I want to know who put Clemson at four last week. Yeah, because oh, he needs to be fired. Yeah, seriously, they need to reconsider that. And I, I think that kind of leads us into uh, the first conference, ACC. Um, Clemson, you know, we both picked them to lose against uh, Notre Dame this weekend, and they did big. They have a serious quarterback situation that they need to figure out. You know, over there, if they want to compete on this national stage still fight for you know that maybe that fourth playoff spot but um do you do you think that Clemson is you know who we thought they were yeah I think they really showed us you know something that we've been talking about for a while now and and it's that they just don't look confident at quarterback you know they don't really and that's you know that's the position that you need to be confident in you know it's it, I, I thought it was interesting that that Cade uh Cade Klubnik never I think he only threw like one pass towards yeah. the end of the game in uh, garbage time, but it was a pick. Was it? He threw a pick. Yeah, <laughs> of course it was. It was pretty bad too. But yeah, I think that's you know that's interesting that I think we were all under the, under the assumption that if Clemson struggles, that we were going to see him early, but you know it just never happened. And I think this was probably the easiest upset of a top five team that I've ever picked in my life. Like, I, I was just yeah. so confident that Notre Dame was going to get it done this weekend. Yeah, it was like I picked Notre Dame, and it wasn't that, you know, I was like, okay, I hope that Notre Dame wins because I picked them. I expected Notre Dame to win. And honestly, the fact that Clemson was able to score 14 points there in the fourth quarter was very fortunate because I think if they lose 35-0, to zero, it's a completely different story. You know, we start to think back to what happened with Oregon and Georgia, you know. They've been slandered all year for that big loss, not able to score touchdowns. Be able to put up 14 points in the fourth quarter, you know, it is a big deal, but they still did get blown out by 21 points. Yeah, and we were talking about, you know, where we think uh, potentially Clemson ends up on Tuesday in the rankings. And I was I was saying I'm more interested to see where Notre Dame ends up mm-hmm. because, you know, if Notre Dame – if Notre Dame is in the rankings, it helps a lot of football teams. You know, it, it obviously helps Clemson a little bit if they can be helped at all. And then it definitely helps Ohio State because, you know, they obviously have that win over Notre Dame yeah. early in the season. So, you know, that's a team I'm going to be, you know, keeping my eyes on for Tuesday is, is where Notre Dame is potentially ranked or potentially not ranked. You know, they obviously have those two terrible losses to Stanford and, and Marshall. So no we'll one, see. Yeah. See what the committee thinks about that. Yeah, Notre Dame, they've won their last three. But I, I think people forget, you know, that they lost to a pretty terrible Stanford team and a very questionable Marshall team as well. 
you know, as they're on the rise. I know they jumped to 20 in the AP, but, you know, you got to think they ha- they do, they win the big games. I mean, they got the win against Syracuse. They got the win against Clemson. What was the other one? Um, third. North Carolina. North Carolina, who, I mean, questionably the best team in the ACC right now. We don't know. But, I mean, people seem to forget, you know, that those two losses are very bad. And yeah. I know that they're early, but still. Even Stanford, that was at home, and it was bad. <laughs> yeah, Stanford and Marshall, both at home, are are very, very questionable. Very questionable. So, I mean, so. trying to make the case that, you know, Notre Dame is back. I mean, they're definitely on the rise. They beat a top-four Clemson team who we do not think should have been top-four at the time. We mentioned that earlier in the week. But, you know, you, you can't forget about those two losses that they have. And three total, one being to Ohio State as well, which, I mean, we're okay with that yeah. one. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm okay with you losing yeah. on the road in Columbus. So, I mean, as far as the ACC, like, North Carolina, one loss, and their one being, obviously, to Notre Dame. You think they're the best team in the ACC right now? Honestly, I think there is, like, six best teams in the ACC, <laughs> and they're just all, you know, two, three loss teams. I guess Clemson's one loss, but... I don't like I don't know. I could see I could see North Carolina winning this week and then losing next week, you know? Yeah. I think, you know, they the one thing that they do have going for them is they have a fantastic quarterback. You mm-hmm. know, I think Drake May is only getting better. Yeah. And you know, with him being, you know, so young, he's gonna continue to get better. Mm-hmm. So I think 100%. that's something they really got going for him. Um, you know, Wake Forest disappointed again, which was, you know, sad to see. And then Syracuse started off six and zero and sitting at six and three now. So yeah. The fall off from the ACC has been has been really powerful, and I think the only team maybe keep keeping the ACC alive is maybe North Carolina. Yeah, you know, I think I think Clemson's lost to Notre Dame. You can lose to Notre Dame in week you know three, week four. You can't lose to Notre Dame in week ten. Mm-hmm. So by that much too, I mean three scores. And I know that Notre Dame they have quality wins, like we mentioned earlier, but still. I mean, if you're if you want to establish yourself as a top four, even a top ten team, you know, I could I could see a real world where they drop out of the top ten this week on Tuesday of the college football playoff rankings, hundred percent. But I mean, you cannot lose a game that bad. When I think something that might be an underrated aspect of the committee is I think they actually will take into consideration the fact that you know Clemson isn't sold on their quarterback situation. Really, you know? I think that's something they will look at. So. It will be interesting to kind of see where they're ranked as well. Do they? Will they give them a pass for that? Is that is that what you're saying? Or do no. they see that as a weakness? I think they'll see that as a weakness. Exactly. Kind of okay. the uncertainty of you know, is it you know this guy or that guy? And I think, yeah. I think they I think they generally will look at something like that and yeah. be like you know, Clemson's got uncertainty on offense in you know the most important position on the field. You know that could be a reason to potentially knock them a little bit too. Is it fair to say you know with that loss? Is the ACC completely eliminated from playoff hopes? I don't want to say completely because chaos does ensue. I think it's it's like if there's ten nails in a coffin, that's the ninth nail. So yeah, they're hanging on by a thread. I think if North Carolina runs the table and, and Clemson is also eleven and one, and maybe one of those teams blows out the other, maybe I just think there's going to be good teams elsewhere. Yeah. So I, I, I personally think the ACC is done. I think there's no way they get into the playoff. Yeah. But I think there's always, you know, that possibility of, you know, a 12-1 and conference champion has never been left out. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to kind we're, of see. Or it hasn't been left out recently, right? Yeah, yeah. we're, we're so. going to cover um, – we're going to kind of brush through the conferences, and then we're going to spend a good amount of time talking about different college football playoff scenarios. I know I spent most of my afternoon looking at how the committee – selected teams based off of the history you know like what teams were making it in certain scenarios so i mean we'll, we'll talk more of that towards it, the yes end. so it was actually just once that that happened yeah it was and ohio I'm, state yeah it was just ohio state it was ohio state. kind of jumping ahead but yeah yeah so just one time that a 12 and 1 conference champion has been left out but still i mean a lot to think about you know i think you know the acc is getting exposed i feel like we called it you know we talked about how weak the ACC is, and I feel like they're finally now getting exposed. Yeah, we've been down on the ACC for a while, and I think it was, I think at the time, you know, it was kind of a hot take from us yeah. because you're looking at the teams, and you know, Clemson was, you know, top five, 
NC State was at 10 at one point. Wake Forest was at 10 at one point. You know, even Syracuse jumped up to top 15. Mm -hmm. So I think there was a lot of teams in the top 15, and we were just kind of watching them play, and they just weren't convincing, you know. So we saw Clemson struggle with what is now a 6-3 and three Syracuse team. You know, Wake Forest had them on the ropes too. So I think I think the Clemson – or the – the Clemson, the ACC is wildly overrated. <laughs> overrated so, yeah, hundred percent. And um, to think that three weeks ago, you know, Syracuse is seriously being considered, you know, a playoff contender at six and zero, yep. and we just weren't sold on it. Not at We're all. Like no way. And then I mean, they've lost three straight since. So I mean, it just proves us to be, you know, more right. Syracuse woke <laughs> me up for a bit, and then I went back yeah. to sleep. <laughs> no, no, I think you were asleep the entire time. You said they you said you were fast. I I rolled over. To kind of see what was happening, you know, and then I rolled back over. Yeah, you like check the phone. It was like a yeah. midnight check of the phone. Okay, that's that's respectable, but I mean, you know, last hopes comes down to Clemson and uh, North Carolina being only one loss teams. But you know, like you said earlier, you know, if chaos ensues, we could see an ACC sneak in that fourth slot. But you know, for right now, it's pretty unlikely. All right, Big Ten. Um, we're gonna start with Ohio State. I have a question for you. Was it weakness or was it the wind? You know, Ohio State only winning 21-7 to against a team who hasn't won in the country this year, 1-7 and uh, Northwestern, now 1-8. and Was it weakness or the wind? Man, blaming the weather is is really something. So, uh-huh. um, But I definitely get where, where Ohio State fans are coming from. You know, that, 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 that weather was atrocious. I think it was up to 50-mile-per-hour wind gusts. Yeah. During the game, there was a, there was a clip of – the kicker who was warming up for the game and he, he kicked it, you know, the ball was coming backwards. So, it, I mean, it was very extreme for a, for Ohio State team who throws the ball primarily. Yeah, and I think I think that's probably my only concern about this game for Ohio State is, is yes, you are a pass-heavy team and you have a lot of great, you know, receivers on your roster, but I know you have four-star and five-star running backs <laughs> yeah. along with, you know, four-star and five-star offensive lineman mm-hmm. so if you're telling me you can't run the football against northwestern like stop it stop it like i think yeah. Nor- i think northwestern went for more yards on on yes they had more carries but they went for more yards than ohio state did on the ground and total yards yeah and total yards so i don't want to hear it from ohio state fans yeah. you know y- you should be able to overpower northwestern on the ground yeah but i don't think you know job done whatever move on to next week I was concerned, you know, halftime being 7-7, seven to seven, I was like, you know, is this really going to happen? But I was like, I don't see Northwestern scoring again after, you know, their first touchdown in the first quarter. Yeah, I think I was I was just surprised that they scored. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't think they were going to uh, get that far. But, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, I think I don't know how much the committee will look. I think they might give them a pass with the weather, but I think they're going to be more pleased that they got the job done. And, yeah, we're going to see, you know, maybe Michigan making a number two in the country on Tuesday. Well, even then, they kind of struggled with Rutgers for a little bit uh-huh. until they exploded in the in the third quarter. So That's fair. it's interesting to kind of see how the committee is going to value um, kind of performances like mm-hmm. that. So. 100%. It seems like that's the trend for Michigan, you know. They start off closer through, like, maybe the first half. And then fourth quarter is just unbelievable. Like, they just pull away, and they win by, you know, three or four scores. Yeah, you know, and, and it has been a has been a trend with them, you know, throughout the season is, you know, slow starts kind of, you know, hankering their, their performances. So, yeah, but, I, I you know, I think the final result is all that kind of really matters. Um, I heard the committee chair talk about how TCU was kind of getting – you know, bashed a little bit for, yeah. for losing at certain points to games. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that same standard is held for, you know, Northwestern over Ohio State and, you know, and Michigan. Rutgers over Michigan. Yeah, so for sure. It'll be interesting to kind of see how that looks. It should be. I mean, there should be consistency, you know, down the whole list. You know, if tennis or if TCU is being punished for, you know, getting comeback wins, then, you know, why aren't we seeing the same thing from Michigan? who, I mean, was essentially down 17 to 14 at halftime against Rutgers. Yeah, you know, it definitely got to hold them to the same standard. But, you know, I think it's tough because the, the body of work for Michigan-Ohio State is is so impressive. But it, it is a shame that that specific example was was brought to the attention with TCU. You know, I didn't really – I didn't really agree with that. Mm-hmm. So 100%. And uh, 
I mean, Eastern Division, obviously, it's going to come down to probably that last game against Michigan-Ohio State. But as far as, you know, the West Division, Illinois, they lost to Michigan State, who's on the East. You know, is the West is pretty bad. Terrible. The West is terrible. You know, it's all the East. Do you think anyone, do you think the Eastern Division champion is going to have any problem getting past, you know, whoever comes out of the West? Right now, it's looking like Illinois. Yeah, you know, I think for the for the Western Division team, whoever comes out, especially should it be, you know, Illinois, you know, they got to hang their banner as Big Ten West Division champions because yeah. <laughs> they don't have a chance at, at the yeah. Big Ten championship. 100%. And so. that kind of, you know, leads us to an argument. Should all conferences consider being one division? You know, I know that Pac-12 made the transition this year to just one division. You know, should every conference be structured that way? I think they 100% should. I think the problem with doing it that way, though, is is just tiebreakers. Yeah. Especially in what will be the 16-team SEC, is they're just not all going to play each other. Mm-hmm. So it's like you could have, you know, 8-0 Oklahoma, Alabama, Georgia, and, and Tennessee, for example. But they don't have common opponents. And, and like, they, none of them might have played each other. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I think that's where it becomes difficult. But I think, you know, divisions, I, th- I know we had a Joel Klatt talk about that a couple weeks ago. I think divisions are hurting the sport, for sure. Because, yeah. you know, it's crazy that Michigan and Ohio State is like a semifinal game into the Big Ten Championship, where... There's going to be people that watch that game for Michigan Ohio State, but I think more people are opt to watch the championship game. And if that championship game was, you know, Ohio State and Illinois, I think it'd be more watched. So I think huh. than the regular season game. Really? So I think I think it's the championship game would get more views for sure than than the regular season game. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't. I would think the regular season game would get more views. Well, I think I think just because you you put championship beside it, you know. Yeah, it's true. Like if you got you know, week 15, Michigan versus Ohio State, or you have Big Ten championship game, Michigan versus Ohio State. I just think more people would tune in. Plus, I mean, you think of championship week, there are less games. Yeah, so there's just, you know, and I think they're structured, you know, one game after another too. Yeah, so it's not like there's any overlapping. I mean, who knows going to be playing at the same time as the Michigan-Ohio State game? Yeah, like, you know, they could be lined up with, you know, Auburn and Alabama and those two fan bases might not watch just because, you know, they're Auburn fans or Alabama fans. Exactly. So That makes sense. I, I could agree with that. So I, I just think – and the Big Ten's probably not too worried because they're doing pretty well financially, but I think the Big Ten is losing out on a lot of revenue opportunities. By, do we know? Yeah, do we know what division, you know, USC, UCLA are going to be in? Uh, no, I don't think they've announced it, but I think what they'll do – I think they're going to have to rearrange the divisions. I assume – USC and UCLA will go into the West Division. Yeah. Because um, I'm pretty sure it's based off of geography. Yeah, it must be. Yeah. So, so we'll but, see. I mean, if they – maybe they're just like, okay, now it's one division, you know? I think what will be brutal, though, is if if they do continue two divisions, if they send Wisconsin from the West Division over to the East Division. That'd be tough. Because in the East – yeah, that division just gets even better. Yeah. So send over, like, you know, some of the cupcakes – like what, Rutgers? Northwestern. <laughs> Northwestern, send them over. <laughs> yeah, send them over. So. Well, is Rutgers, Rutgers is in uh, the East Division. Oh, they're in the East? Yeah. So, I mean, Northwestern, maybe Nebraska, Minnesota. Oh, set, no, Minnesota's been good. Yeah, like Purdue. Sometimes. Purdue. Yeah, you can send them to Purdue. Yeah, just send them over. Yeah. Send them over to the mid-teams. Yeah. yeah. That'll be interesting, you know, when 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 those guys come in. It'll make the, make the West more competitive. You'd hope so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. We'll see. Yeah, for sure. 100%. But, I mean, the Big Ten, we're obviously probably going to get, you know, one of those either Michigan or Ohio State, basically a lock. Whoever wins that game will probably go on to win the Big Ten Conference. But, I mean, you know, there's a scenario where one of those, the loser of that game could get in as well, depending on what goes on, you know, in the rest in the rest of the country. Yeah, I think, you know, for either Ohio State or Michigan, it's interesting because they're going to want to blow the bricks off of the other team. Uh-huh. You know, they're going to they're going to want to blow them out. I think the best case scenario for both of them though is is a close, you know, back and forth game. Yeah, maybe like a thirty eight thirty five, because then you know, say say Michigan wins that game, Ohio State fans can be like, they only beat us by three, 
Actually, no, I think the best case scenario is Ohio State winning, and Michigan fans can be like, well, they only beat us by three on, and that's our at only home. Loss. Yeah, and, well, and it was a home game for Ohio State, too. Yeah. So it's like they went on the road and lost by three to what could be the second-best team in the nation. Mm-hmm. So I think that makes a really good case for them. But if like I, Michigan goes there and gets blown out, then it, it definitely hurts the case for sure. Even if – and like even a worse scenario is Michigan goes in there and blows Ohio State out. Yeah, you know, Ohio State being the home team, then definitely, you know, Ohio State is being considered to be left out. Yeah, that could that could be a real, a real nail in their coffin. Yeah. So I think they're just hoping for for a close game, and then you know the winner of that game, to um, hopefully dominate as well in the championship game as well. Big Twelve, um, I know we called them the Mid Twelve in the past, and I think the trend kind of will continue. We got five teams in that conference who are six and three overall records and obviously the outlier being TCU who's 9 and 0 and kind of you know the last chance for the Big 12 to make an appearance in the playoff at the end of the year but um you know there's there's going to be that big one next week TCU going at Texas to play in a is that a rivalry game uh maybe like a Texas one yeah. I don't it know it should be like after, it should be one. after next week cuz I think that's going to be a great game and uh you know one that defines the conference moving forward but, um, you know, TCU, obviously, the last remaining contenders in the conference for the playoff, undefeated. You know, kind of been dis- disrespected by the committee being undefeated. We'll see if they make a top four appearance on Tuesday. But, um, you know, do you think every week is a must win for TCU in order to get in the playoff? Yeah, I think they, you know, they got to win out. Um, I think looking at their current position, I, I think – I think even with a one loss, you know, this late in the season, I think it would really hurt them. Mm-hmm. The one thing I I know that they talked about, and we, we referenced it, you know, earlier in the episode, is uh, TCU not blowing out teams. Yeah. And I, I just think they got to they gotta do it, you know, at least once or twice, you know. And I think it's unfair criticism towards TCU specifically because I know there's other teams that have, you know, gone behind in games and end up winning. Yeah, it's not fair for, you know, the committee to just pick on them specifically. You know, you got to stay consistent throughout the entire poll. Yeah, but I, I just think my, my concern is the game was 17-13 to 13 going into the fourth um, yeah. before, you know, TCU exploded for 21. Mm-hmm. It's like I, I just need to see a more consistent performance from TCU throughout the game yeah. before I can – and, you know, you know I love Max Duggan around here, but, you mm-hmm. know, it's just it, – it's just clicking too late into the game for them, for me. And, you know, you just look at their recent victories, 10 points over Texas Tech, 10 points over West Virginia, 10 points over Kansas State, you know, three over Oklahoma State, seven over Kansas. They've played a, just a ton of close games, you know. Yeah. And I think that's what's going to hurt them, you know, down the line if they do if they do finish maybe like 12-1 and one is, you know, I could see them getting excluded because of, you know, margin of victory. Yeah, 100%. Do you, do you think the Big 12 is – just average or you just think that they're competitive and they're just beating up on each other yeah i just i don't know if you know most conferences have three or four teams at the top and three or four teams at the bottom it seems like their teams at the top are just much closer to their teams at the bottom Mm -hmm. so i don't know if they all just recruited exactly the same and you know players they got in the transfer portal the same and they just happen to be so so close this year but Looking at the standings, it's just unreal. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, TCU, when you look down at their schedule, you know, looks like they have a lot of ranked wins. But, I mean, Oklahoma, they got exposed. They're not as great as we thought they were when they played TCU, ranked 18th in the country. Kansas, I mean, ranked 19th at the time. That was college game day. And uh, they don't look that great either. Oak State, you know, was top 10 at the time. And, I mean, after those last two weeks – they they look terrible. <laughs> I mean, with the with the blowout loss to Kansas State, and then their loss this last weekend, as well. And then Kansas State obviously would probably be their marquee win thus far this year, as they sit at what were they thirteen this week? They lost as well. You know, we'll we'll see how far they drop. But I mean, TCU, the resume starts starts to you know get get weaker as weeks go by. You know, as these teams start losing more. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, two weeks ago. Oklahoma State was six and one and what ninth in the nation. Mm-hmm. Now they're six and three and not ranked. Yeah, you know, and Kansas State something similar. They were, 
they were 13th last week and you know now they're they're sitting at what 23 in the ap AP. at least for now and so it's like tcu has been that squad in the big 12 but they just don't have what i would say like the running mates kind of going with them because you always need one or two teams to kind of you know keep on track with you so that you know when when you kind of look at the resumes it's not like you blew through the conference and yeah. nobody really, you know, helped you out along the way. It's, mm. So, and that's kind of what it's starting to look like with TCU, you know, sitting at nine and zero, and the next best team being, you know, what six and three. Yeah. So definitely, definitely an interesting scenario yeah. in the big 12. Uh, and honest question, like TCU plays Bama neutral site. I mean, who do you got? Well, I, I think the opening line to that game is is probably like 17, 17 and a half for Bama. for Bama. Yeah. So, I mean, that's what's crazy. You know, people make the argument why you know why was TCU, you know, ranked lower than Bama last week? It's because I mean, if they play in a neutral site, who do you honestly think the better team is, regardless of their resume, regardless of how many losses they are? Do you think TCU, you know, could hang with a very talented Bama team, who's lost to two great teams in the SEC? It's really interesting, you know, when, when you go conference to conference to see, you know, who could compete with who. Yeah, and I think, you know, going back to, to divisions, what we were talking about a second ago, this is the beauty about having no divisions is Baylor, a team that was way out of it a couple weeks ago. They're, fight, they're fighting for a spot in that yep. Big 12 championship game. Which is crazy. You know, I and, mean, to think that Baylor, who, I mean, crazy. When we did, like, our week one or, or preseason. It was our preseason conference, you know, predictions. I, I picked Baylor. And yeah. a couple weeks in, I was like, okay, that was the dumbest pick of my life. But to think that, you know, Baylor is still a realistic com- contender based off of, you know, I mean, the one division um, conference is crazy. Yeah, I don't even know how, you know, that I assume Texas wins the tiebreakers and that's why they're sitting at two. But I don't, I don't know, like, the tiebreakers between Kansas. I, Texas obviously has it over Kansas State. Did Texas beat Baylor earlier in the season, or have they not played yet? Because everyone plays in the Big 12. All right, so Baylor and Texas still have to play. Yeah, they'll play. So, that was the last regular season. Yeah. So maybe that is the game, you know, for second place. Yeah, so. And obviously Texas has TCU this week, which will be a tough one. So do it's you just think, Yeah, do you think that TC, that's TCU's uh, biggest test of the year so far? You know, Texas on the road. Yeah, like – I know we we've been kind of saying it, you know, off and on through the season. You know, earlier in the season after the Bama game, I was really high on Texas. You know, mm-hmm. I thought I thought if Quinn Ewers is healthy playing football, I think they can compete with anybody. And then obviously they lost to Texas Tech without him, and then they had that you know unfortunate Oklahoma State game where Quinn just played really poorly. But I I think Texas poses the biggest threat, and we've kind of seen that you know throughout the season. Is is Texas has been the team that's kind of causing all the chaos in the yeah. big 12 you know they uh you know beat you know kansas state this week and obviously the huge win over over oklahoma as well which kind of really put the coffin in oklahoma season so yeah. you know they've been causing a lot of chaos and if they beat tcu you know this week it just even adds you know to that chaos more chaos 100 percent. and honestly it's like self-destruction almost you know self-eliminates the big 12 from yep. you know maybe playoff contention but something to look out for is, you know, where Texas lies at six and three on Tuesday night. You know, I'm I'm interested to see, you know, if they if they make an appearance. Yeah, and I think they should. I think they'll be. Let's. See, they didn't, they weren't in this last rankings, were they? No, they were. I don't think they were. So I think they'll probably show up around probably early twenties. Yeah, I would think maybe like twenty twenty one. Yeah, is my, yeah, what sure. I would guess, but. Yeah. Who knows? You know, yeah, Texas could be at what you do know, we know? four for all we know. <laughs> yeah, what do, what but, do we know? Honestly, we're we're just here to you know make assumptions, and obviously nothing nothing really has seemed to land for us. Yeah, so it, it's been interesting, kind of how how the Big Twelve has been so good, good kind average, kind of average. It's been like I, I feel like we've talked about six teams that that could win the conference. Mm-hmm. So 100%. And it's weird not including Oklahoma in that conversation. Yeah. And, you know, Oklahoma State, who's been a front runner, is now probably out of it with the yeah. three conference losses. But yeah. there's still four teams that could win this conference, yeah. which is still, you know, crazy. Super competitive, so. yeah. SEC, SEC, SEC. It's time to, uh, you know, talk about biggest, you know, games of the week. I know that you said 
the Tennessee Georgia was uh, you know game of the century. My mom called you out for that. I just wanna I just wanna let you know. She didn't like it. Well, no, she was just like Brock said it was the game of the century, and uh, I was like, yeah, I don't know what he was really thinking. You know, I know it's a I know it's a big game, but you know, I don't know if it's that big. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I guess anytime you have one and you know one and two or one and three going, because technically, if you want to be technical, Georgia was number one in the AP. And Tennessee was number one in the college football playoffs. So technically it was 1v1 going at each other. Except, yeah, yeah, you know. I think we found out, you know, who the real one is. And that being Georgia, who won by two touchdowns. And honestly, it felt like they won by more than two scores. Yeah. It seemed to be dominant in every aspect. I kind of have a hot take about this game. And, you know, I know our friends were talking about it in our, in our group chat. Uh, I think if this game is played again... You know, neutral site. I think Tennessee wins it. Oh, I really do. Because like, why? You got to justify that. I was looking at Tennessee's schedule and I was trying to understand why they played so poorly. You know, like why? Why do they look flat? Why were they not executing? Yeah. And it's it's because if you look at their schedule, they really haven't had a game where they where they've been flat and haven't executed. And I think a part of that is because of who they were playing. But you know, if you think about most college football teams, there's always there's always at least one game where they just don't play to their standard. So for me, and I, and this is not like discrediting Georgia at all. Yeah, I you're think about Ge- to discredit Georgia's defense. I think Georgia's defense had a lot to do with setting, you know, that that Tennessee you know offense off schedule a lot of times. But I think if you give if you give Tennessee a rematch against Georgia on a neutral site field. Because, you know, obviously you can't play at Tennessee the rest of the season. So if we get a neutral site field, I think Tennessee will have a better game plan on how to attack this Georgia defense. And I think you see Tennessee explode and win, you know, the rematch if we get one. So Which which is pretty, you know, it could happen. Yeah, it'd have to be a— I think the odds of that happening are really high. I think it would have to be a national championship game, though, personally. You don't think it would be one and four? I don't it, think they do it. It like could that. be, but I just think I I think they would move somebody over somebody so it's not an SEC. I know that there has been, you know, conference versus conference games, you know, one v four. But I think the, the committee tries to avoid that. Has there? I, I think, think there has. I don't think there has. There not a one v four? Yeah, we'll we'll talk about that later because yeah. I mean we're gonna dive deep into, you know, the history of college football playoffs, but I don't think there has. Oh well, I think maybe. they purposely Oh they I think they purposely avoid that to, you know keep the conferences out of the semifinals, which, which yeah, I, I mean, is right. understandable. Yeah, I think you're right. So it would have to be a, a potential national championship game. Which is, I, I think it's yeah. very likely. Yeah. 100%. You know, I we're talking about the, the ESPN, how they have, you know, percentage of the likelihood of teams making it into the playoff. And I think Tennessee's percentage went up after losing this week. Is that what you said? Yeah, it Last went from week, it, was like, it went from sixty three percent to sixty four percent, so just up a little bit. But still, but, I mean, that's really interesting, you know, to to lose a game and then have your likelihood go up. And I don't know if that's algorithm based or if it's just guys sitting down, you know, throwing some numbers out there. But I mean, something to think about. Yeah, I think it has to do with you know probably everything else that happened around the nation. Yeah, and um, you know, Alabama losing that probably played a big role into that. Same with Clemson too. Yeah. Potentially knocking out the ACC, mm-hmm. so for sure, and that I mean that kind of leads us into, you know, Alabama losing LSU on the road, thirty-two to thirty-one. You know, I was very surprised about this outcome. You know, we were predicting that Clemson top four team would lose, but you know, Alabama fourteen and a half point favorites, and for them to lose to LSU, you know, I was I was pretty surprised by that. I don't I don't know about you, but I was surprised. Yeah, I think another potential hot take is, you know, I, I still think Alabama can beat anybody in the country. You know, I know that's, they've that's lost, fair. I know they've lost to LSU and I know they've lost to Tennessee now. And, you know, you could argue they should have lost to Texas and Texas A&M, mm-hmm. but I like Alabama just has the talent. You know, it's, if you think about the two games they have lost and even the third game that they probably more than likely should have lost against Texas, they've all been on the road. Yeah. You know? So I think we've just seen, you know, this is the first year that Nick Saban teams have struggled winning on the road. Yeah. You know, and I'd actually be interested to go through Alabama schedules the past maybe, I don't know, maybe like 10 years and just mm-hmm. see how many tough road games Nick Saban's had to play in a season. 
Yeah. Because I, I, thinking back, I can't remember a season where he's played, you know, three tough road games like he yeah. has, you know, this season. So. 100%. Yeah, it was weird that it lined up like that. And, uh, you know, I feel like the SEC, what do they play, two um, non-divisional games? Yeah, it's like two crossovers. Two and then crossovers and then the rest the being, division. being the division. So they play everyone in their division every year, right? Yeah, the okay. six other teams. Because I think there's seven in division. Yeah, right seven now. in division. So six coming from their division and then two cross-divisional. So, I mean, the fact that, you know, Alabama had to play Tennessee, I don't think people expected Tennessee to be this good coming off of a season, you know, where there were seven and six last year. Is that what they were? Yeah. Something like that. I think people people thought Tennessee would be improved because they had, you know, their starting quarterback coming back and then a lot of other players to compliment him too. Yeah. I don't think anyone predicted them to be, you know, top five team in the nation. Yeah, and so. I mean, Hendon Hooker is basically a veteran. I, I know that he's, like, older than some NFL quarterbacks yeah. out there. He's a veteran in the NFL. Yeah, he's, a, <laughs> he's about to retire the NFL before he even gets there. There's going to um, be there's gonna be 23-year-old, you know, people in the NFL calling him rookie. That's at, crazy. At, at 25 years old. He's 25? Yeah. yeah well, I, he's I 24 now, and he will be 25. He will be 25. By the time he gets drafted. So. That's crazy. I mean, it's interesting. No one really thinks about that, you know? And I think of rookies, I think they're all the same age. It's like, no, some of these guys got drafted as freshmen, some as seniors. Like, there's a whole total age gap. Yep. For sure. But I want to know your take on, you know, do you think the committee ranked Tennessee too high last week? you think they were overhyped? See, and and that's another conversation after after this game, and I don't think so. You know, if you if you look at Tennessee's resume going into the Georgia game, pretend the Georgia game did not happen yet. If you look at the resumes, Tennessee has the best resume in the country, mm-hmm. like, and it's not close. Yeah, you know, they've beaten five top twenty five teams at the time, and they beat two current top ten teams. Yeah, so it's like they also embarrassed LSU too. By the way, at Death, yeah. at Death Valley. Not many people want to talk about that, but um, they really they really had the best resume. Did Georgia come out and, and play a complete game and beat them on Saturday? Yes, they did. And Georgia is 100% deserving of the number one spot now. Mm-hmm. But to say that Tennessee didn't deserve to be number one is just such a terrible take. Terrible. Because they, they had the resume. They've beaten everybody on their schedule. And they, they've even done it in fashion, too. You know, they, they beat Kentucky 44 to 6, mm-hmm. which was a good Kentucky team. Obviously, they blew out LSU 40 LSU. to 13. So, who I mean, looks great now. Yeah. So, it's like, I think Tennessee was deserving. I think, you know, I don't know if we talked about it on the pod. I know we talked about it, you know, me and you, but we talked about how, how Georgia was going to come and play very angry. Yeah. You know, with Tennessee coming into town as the number one team. Yeah. I wonder if the committee. You know, putting number one kind of set them up for failure. Yeah, I think I think if Georgia's number one and Tennessee's number two, you know, I don't want to say that numbers mean everything, but they definitely matter. I think the mindset. You know, I think teams play differently when they're ranked yeah. in certain spots. Hundred so. percent. Yeah, I saw I saw a take about that on Twitter. It was you know how Nick Saban was complaining about how NIL is kind of changing, you know, the the dynamic of college football, and someone was like, you know, it's it's Saban talking about his players, you know talking about how it's hard to get them to change their mindset for playing. Playing to win is more important than playing for money, you know, because I feel like that might be an issue within, you know, the Alabama program. Yeah, it's interesting to hear Saban say that because, you know, his players has always been playing for money. It's just legal now, <laughs> yeah. so. Yeah, now everyone's playing for money. They're, yeah. they're hopping on his trend. <laughs> that, that definitely is an interesting take because, you know, money does change everything, and – I don't want anyone to think I'm against NIL. I'm definitely pro NIL. I just think we need better boundaries around it to 100%. kind of, you know, make it more even for everybody. Yeah. So, um, you know, there's that. But it is an interesting take, you know, because if, if I love football and I'm good at football, but I'm getting paid, you know, say 500000 500, to play football, how much of my focus is going to be on football? You know, Definitely I think less than if you're not making anything. Yeah, I say I think like if I'm not making anything, and I have to play hard to you know prove myself to get into the NFL to then make you know life changing mm-hmm. money. Like, in my opinion, at least five hundred thousand for four years, I think that's life changing money. Hundred like, percent. I think if that's you're a teenager, 100%. yeah, exactly. You know, dropping eighteen years 500, old, five hundred thousand dollars in the eighteen year old's bank account. I mean, that's definitely going to change someone's mindset. And that's not even, you know, regarding like scholarship money too. hundred percent. And that's naive to think that it wouldn't. Yeah. An 18 so. year old. Think about back when you were 18 years old. 
Give me five hundred. Give me five hundred thousand, and tell I'm me retired. that doesn't change anything. I'm retired. Yeah, no. I, like, move that money to certain places. Literally, I'm fresh retired. out of high school, if I had a hundred bucks, I was like, dude, I'm rich. This yeah. is crazy. So, you know, I, so to think that, yeah, to think that it doesn't change the mindset. I mean, yeah, it definitely does. It definitely does, hundred percent. Especially with like you know all the other kind of bonuses of NIL. Like you know, I know. I don't know if it was CJ Stroud got gifted a car. Yeah, I mean, was it was like it that. CJ? Yeah, I can't remember. But so it's not just like money. It's you know, it's also you know perks and and different brands are yeah. giving them things too. So 100%. It, it it definitely does change the mindset. And and it would be interesting to hear you know Saban go more in depth on that. And if you know his team is actually having problems yeah. with nil money. So. Yeah, I mean, hundred percent. And if so, he should know how to cope with it because. I mean, like you said earlier, he's probably been dealing with this for I'd years. Say, I'd say he's, I don't know. I, this is kind of completely off topic from the from the Saban kind of talk, but I saw a former USC player. I want to say it was Lendell White. Um, he said that back when he was playing at USC back in the day, he uh, got an apartment from, from the university. down. I think it was downtown LA. And oh, he really? said there is like 150,000 cash left in his uh, in his apartment. What? And he just said he didn't know who it came from. He didn't know how it got there, but he knows that his apartment when he walked in, hundred fifty thousand cash. And you're gonna tell me that doesn't change anything? Exactly. I'm sure that didn't so, change affect his mindset at all. Exactly. That is bizarre. I've never heard that story. Yeah. Well, he was he's he was on a podcast that I watch a little bit. It's called uh, "Bussin' with the Boys." Do you know when he was um, playing? Bill Compton. What time period that was? It was a it was a while ago. I know he had a good. I'm pretty sure he had a good NFL career. That's um, crazy. Lendo. But that is insane. Yeah, if you guys have time, it's it's you know busting with the boys, Will Compton and his his squad with uh, Lendell White. Wow. So that's insane. I'm definitely able to check that out. I'm, let's I'm, see. I'm kind of uh, offended you didn't tell me that. Yeah, it was, he was drafted in the second round in 2006. So, so I he mean, obviously been, the money followed him after you know with the NFL career, but still. Yeah. I so. mean, <laughs> that's insane. That's yeah. crazy. Crazy story. Yeah. Pacific. 12 kind of a boring week you know we didn't we didn't have any crazy matchups but you know some games are closer than we expected them to be i know the utes won big oregon won big but uh usc only won by a score at home and uh ucla they let arizona state put up 36 on them you know where do you think the conference stands after you know seeing those kind of outcomes from those games yeah i think they kind of are uh they're just happy that they won you know i, I think that's kind of kind of what it comes down to um i think i think the game of the week honestly was you know the friday night cap with uh oh yeah with washington washington and oregon state uh crazy that game was i think it was 21 21 at one point in the fourth and then the lights went out at washington stadium and then washington was balled after that yeah well well they kicked a field goal to win it but oh yeah so um yeah it was it was kind of crazy i was i was watching the game and then like the screen didn't go black, but like it went dark, and I was just like, "What the?" I was like, "What the heck?" <laughs> yeah, what happened? I was like, "We just got we just returned from a commercial. Like, what is this?" Uh-huh. <laughs> but and they're like, "Oh, we got we got to power out or lights out at, at Husky Stadium." So that was kind of crazy, but yeah, Bo Nix, uh, proven that he should be in the Heisman race. Yeah, pretty, he balled pretty crazy. He's been balling every week. Yeah, and I know it's just Colorado, but still, uh, he caught. A touchdown pass this week so he's got you know throwing yeah. running and and catching now versatile so, yeah pretty i know oregon's been scheming that up they're like yeah he's how can we get our quarterback a passing touchdown or a, yeah, a receiving they're, touchdown they're the team to boost that you know yeah boost individual performances for that national stage or something like the heisman they're gonna be like does cj stroud have a receiving touchdown that's what <laughs> yeah. i thought yeah, <laughs> so. exactly. point of emphasis for sure but yeah, I think the most interesting result was to see Cal kind of push USC, you know, to the very end. Mm-hmm. Um, Jake Plummer going for 400 yards is. Yeah. Did he outperform Caleb? Um, as far as statistics, I know that USC obviously won, but I mean Cal one and five in conference, and be able to put up you know 35 on USC is that concerning? As a top 10 USC team allowing, you know, three and six Cal. To put up that many points on him. Well, we've known that, you know, USC's defense has been bad. I, I don't think that's anything new. Um, Jake Plummer is a okay quarterback. 
And when I mean okay, I mean he should not be going for 400 yards against your yeah, defense. that's ridiculous. So, you know, I think USC is going to have to I – don't, I don't even know what they can do. They're going to have to figure something out because, you know, you can't be giving up – especially at home. You know, it's not like you're even in a hostile environment. Mm-hmm. It's like you're at home. So, whereas, you know, UCLA kind of gave up a big quarterback performance to to the backup. You know, Emory Jones didn't play. Um. You know, they gave up 350 yards, but that's at least on the road, so you can... You can somewhat justify that. Yeah, even then, like, that's still, you know, because ASU is is a mess. But I think overall for the Pac-12, they're looking at it as, you know, Oregon won, UCLA won, USC won, Utah won. Yeah. Like, perfect, you know. And then Washington's obviously now ranked instead of Oregon State, so they're not really too upset about that either. So Sad, dude. Washington's literally... That Arizona State loss is probably just looking worse, worse and worse as weeks go by. You know, they're regretting that as time goes by. Well, someone brought up a scenario. They're like, you know, what if Utah runs the ball against Florida? And what if, you know, Washington doesn't drop the game against ASU? You're looking at Utah's probably sitting atop the top the rankings at like seven or eight. Yeah. You know, then Oregon, then USC, then UCLA. And then Washington's probably sitting at like, 14 top 15 13 for range. sure yeah so that'd be five teams in the top 15 so oh def- man that that's that works yeah definitely some opportunities lost for sure but you know i think i think the pac-12 is still in a really good position position to you know send a team to the playoff but even if they don't send a team to the playoff i think they're in a good position to send at least two teams to to near six bowls 100 so. yeah agreed it's a very competitive you know conference I mean, even Oregon State, who lost to Washington, I think that they could give Oregon a run for their money at the, the last regular season, you know, game of the year. Yeah, and we, we, you know, we saw we saw Wazoo kind of lose that disappointing game to Utah, you know, with them playing a lot of their backups, and then they exploded you know, this back, weekend. Yeah, dominated Stanford. So, you know, I think there's a lot of capable, you know, teams to kind of you know, put out a good performance, you know, yeah. week in and week out. So and we're just keeping our eye out for that, you know, second to last, second to last week, you know, of the season being technically semifinals for a Pac-12 championship. Yeah. And it's interesting because, uh, you know, I would put pretty good money on, you know, the Pac-12 getting college game day that, that day. Yeah. But like, where, where do you go? You know, do you head down to LA for the USC UCLA clash or, do you go back up to Eugene for Utah and, and Oregon? I would assume that they would go they'd probably LA. make the trip to LA, especially because you know who doesn't love love LA? But you know, booming fans, crazy. Fans. <laughs> yeah, we'll see cra- crazy get people to show up to you know game day show. Yeah, so um, and uh, even you know Oregon's got Washington this week. They hate each yeah. other. I mean, that's huge rivalry. I would say. Yeah. So, you know, it's gonna be interesting coming down the stretch. But you know, if if I'm a, if I'm a Pac-12 team in that in that top four, I'm feeling really good about you know our chances the rest of the way. Yeah. I think I think there's four good teams, but I think it's it's kind of wide open. You know, I think yeah. I think Oregon's kind of creeping towards the top as probably the team, but even then, like it's razor thin. Yeah. I would say between them and and the second place yeah. team. So I hope Utah you know gets healthy for that game in Eugene. Yeah. I think that would be a true test for Oregon. Yeah. You know, I think. I think a healthy, you know, camerizing and a healthy, you know, Dalton Kincaid present problems for Oregon because I think it's different than what you know DTR and UCLA um, presented for them. Yeah, it's just so, a different, yeah, whole different, you know, play style. I think I would love to see, you know, I know we don't get in the regular season, but I would also love to see an Oregon USC game. Oh yeah, because I think Caleb Williams is is poss- it could possibly present a lot of problems for Oregon as well. Yeah. And I mean, who knows? You know, that's that could be Pac-12 championship winner goes to the playoff. Yeah. So. You know, still a lot of football left to be played, but as a Pac-12 team, this week was about, you know, getting business done against less, weaker. I think weaker is a good... Lower uh, tier. Lower tier is probably a better way to say it. It's respectable, nice way of saying it. So probably lower tier Pac-12 teams, you know, they all got the job done. I think that's all that matters, really. All right, so we spent like the last 50 minutes talking about, you know, each conference and, you know, how they performed this weekend. But I thought it'd be interesting if we went you know, and dove deep into the history of the college football playoff selection and, you know, kind of tried to relate it to how teams are doing this year. And, um, you know, there's been eight playoffs since the 2014-15 season. There's been 32 total selected teams, 
26 of those 32 have been undefeated or one loss conference champions from a Power 5 conference. Two one loss Power 5 teams selected without playing in their conference championship game. Two have been selected after losing their conference championship game. One undefeated independent team has been selected. One undefeated conference champion from a group of five conference have been selected. So, I mean, majority is going to be, you know, that undefeated team. Obviously, a one-loss Power 5 conference champion. But, you know, there's been some outliers, and we can kind of relate that to some teams. You know, you think of Clemson, who just lost this week. They still include, you know, some one-loss conference champion teams, and they've actually only excluded one of one that falls under that category being um, Ohio State back in 2018-2019 season. So, I mean, definitely still a chance for them. No, yeah, and it, it's kind of, you know, interesting that, you know, only one, you know, conference champion, one lost team has been left out. Yeah. Because then it really opens the door for, for teams like, you know, Clemson, who everyone thinks is, is essentially eliminated this week, you know, with the loss to, to Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. You know, historically, they still technically have a shot. Yeah. You know, teams like North Carolina, same, exactly. same situation. Yeah, I was just about to bring that up. I mean, North Carolina is definitely should be considered in that conversation. Yeah, and it also makes you wonder about maybe Ole Miss, if they can find a way to somehow sneak in yeah. as like a 12-1 and team. You know, do they still got a chance? So teams with one losses, it's historically it is still possible for yeah. you to sneak in. And, and it's different. You know, it, obviously every year is different, but they've never – the committee has never selected a team with two or more losses. You know, maybe we see a change in that trend this year. Yeah, it's like when is when was the last time Alabama had two losses? Yeah, and how did they try to get them to the playoff that probably year? Probably the most. Yeah, probably the most likely team. You know, to break that trend. Yeah, and so it's going to be interesting to kind of see where they view Alabama this week because if there is a team with two losses that could sneak in. I think it is Alabama. Yeah. I think I think LSU has an argument now too. Yeah. But I just I don't know. I just think it's going to be too hard for a two-loss team to get in because yeah. I think they'll find ways to you know, for teams like loser of Ohio State and Michigan to find a way in and then maybe yeah. Tennessee. Exactly. So I mean, there's a real world where we could see, you know, two SEC teams from the same division in a in a playoff with two Big Ten teams from the same division. Yeah, and I think that depends on, you know, potentially TCU TCU losing. Yeah, and, and then Pac-12. Pac-12 fall yeah. now as well. 100%. And so. ACC, too. Which, I mean, they look weak, but, you know, when you have a one-loss conference champion, you know, you definitely have to factor them in for sure. Yeah, so I think there's still a lot that, that you know, needs to happen, you know, down the stretch. You know, I think... Not not this week, but next week. I know there's a lot of important games. Yeah. You know, Michigan, Illinois is probably not as big of a, of a game anymore, but, you yeah. know, still definitely has potential. And then those, you know, big Pac-12 games mm-hmm. is also that week. And then uh, then the following week, you know, you obviously got the big one, Ohio State, Michigan, and yeah. then some other important SEC games. Yeah. So a lot of games still to happen. Um, I think the chaos that ensued this last weekend – kind of shows what's possible though you know for for things to flip for for certain teams so right now there's probably still maybe like eight eight ish teams maybe nine that still have an argument yeah so it's going to be interesting to kind of watch those teams get trimmed down a little yeah. bit what teams do you think still have an argument i mean we got georgia we got obviously michigan ohio state so that's three you know tcu four um let's see Tennessee five definitely, and then let's see three one loss Pac twelve teams, so it's yes. eight, being Oregon, UCLA, USC, and then I guess Clemson being nine, and then maybe North Carolina. Maybe 10. North Carolina, yeah. So I mean, definitely ten teams have a realistic, you know, expectation to make the the playoffs. Yeah, I think you know, if we had to kind of assume right now what the top four would look like, you know, it's going to be probably Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, TCU is what it should be. Yeah. Um, assuming 
all those teams went out. Mm-hmm. Or even knowing Michigan, Ohio State, you know, they're going to have that that clash. So those are probably – I'd probably say the three teams from the conferences that could be locks is, you know, Georgia and then Ohio State slash Michigan and then TCU. So yeah. there's three spots. And then after that, you know, it's going to go down to one lost conference champion, so Clemson slash North Carolina and then USC slash UCLA slash Oregon. Yeah. For for that final spot. And then um then, you know, the chaos with ACC. Well, I was thinking eleven and one Michigan oh, slash yeah. Ohio State. Exactly. Eleven and one Tennessee. That's why so. I, like the the twelve team playoff is just it sounds so nice right now. Cause I mean the room just seems so small. <laughs> well, yeah. Team room. I think I think, you know, the playoff I think the twelve team playoff is is twenty twenty six. It's when they want to bring it in. Seeing Alabama not in the playoff, that thing is happening next year. Like yeah. they are going to find a way to make it next year. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I never thought of that. Yeah, yeah that's so, so true. I think the earliest they can do it though is twenty twenty four though. So, which is crazy. I mean, what's a scenario where we really could see a two loss team? You know, I mean LSU somehow loses both games, and then maybe Bama gets an SEC championship, beats Georgia. Then we have, you know, some disruption there. Or, I mean, LSU wins out, and they have wins over Bama and Georgia. But then, you know, that that loss to Florida State kind of kills them. I think you need – I think then, the team with the, best, with the best shot right now is LSU just yeah. because of the schedule that they have going for yeah. them. But they're going to need – they're going to need TCU to drop two games. So they're going to need TCU to lose to Texas – and then lose again to Texas in the yeah. Big 12 championship game, which I guess is possible. And then they're going to need Michigan to probably lose to Illinois. Yeah. And then Ohio State to beat Michigan, and then Ohio State to beat Illinois. And then probably like a team like Utah to win the Pac-12. Utah to win the Pac-12 would help. Um, and then they're going to need they're going to need Tennessee to lose another one. So, yeah. And they'll need probably Clemson to Clemson lose Clemson to one. lose. And then Clemson to win the ACC as a two loss as a two loss so the path is still there but you just need some some crazy yeah there's obviously a reason why there's never been a two loss team because that is like slim to none odds (laughs) well think about it you know for there to be not four teams with one loss or less and being a conference champion most likely there's usually there's usually about five of those teams yeah five teams that are either undefeated or one loss Mm -hmm. so Maybe even six. I'd probably say six is a better yeah. number. So for the you know, for there to be that many two loss teams is just crazy. Yeah, and very unlikely. But I mean, I I think probably the most probable you know scenario is you know Georgia winning out, you know Tennessee winning out as well. So I mean, we probably maybe see you know two SEC teams in, and then you know Ohio State beats Michigan. Vice versa, one of those teams being probably second in the country behind Georgia, and then you know whatever happens with TCU, whatever happens with Clemson, or whatever happens with the ACC, whatever happens with the Pac-12 is fighting for you know that third spot, and then and then it comes down to you know do you do you let Tennessee in, who their one loss being to Georgia, or do you let Michigan in, their one loss being to Ohio State, vice versa, Ohio State losing to Michigan, you know. If I had to simplify it down a little bit right now with what I what I think is going to happen, I think Georgia wins out and wins the SEC. I think Ohio State wins out and wins the Big Ten. Big Ten, yeah. So there's two 13-0 teams, one and two. I think Texas beats TCU twice. I think they beat them this weekend, and I think they beat them again in the Big 12 championship, taking out the Big 12. I think one of Clemson or North Carolina loses another game. Yeah. And then that will effectively eliminate the ACC, Mm -hmm. even as a one-loss champion. I think there is a one-loss champion that gets left out this year. And then for the Pac-12, I think think Oregon runs the table and wins the Pac-12 and gets into the playoff. Yeah. So I think it's Georgia 1, Ohio State 2, and then it will be Tennessee 3. Really? Just because they don't want that matchup. And then Oregon four, so we get the rematch of Oregon and Georgia. In the That's playoff. interesting. It probably would, you know, lie that way, being 
you know, the one losses between the three and the four would be both to Georgia. Yeah. And then obviously Georgia beat Oregon a lot worse. So yep. You probably get that first week matchup in the first round, which which would be great. You know, I'd yeah. get your popcorn ready. That'd be that'd be awesome. Obviously, a lot of stuff has to go down. Definitely for that to happen, but. You know, it's it's hard for us to speculate this soon, but I mean, it's creeping up on us. Yeah. You know, sooner than sooner than we think, but you know, I th- I thought it'd be interesting to share some of those you know selected facts, you know, from the history of the college football playoff. But for sure. Yeah. All right, and with that, that is going to conclude you know episode twenty of the Play Action Podcast. You know, stay tuned. We're going to have an episode coming out. This Wednesday, we're going to preview the week like we normally do. And also, we're going to talk about the new college football playoff rankings, which should be fun. Yeah, week two. Week two of those. Always. I about that. You know, we, I think we live reacted to them. Or not live reacted. It was like right after. It was so pretty hot. It was, it was fresh. Yeah, it was fresh off the when, when they dropped. It was probably about an hour later. Yeah, about an hour. A lot of steam and takes yeah. coming on that episode. So I'm excited for Tuesday is when that episode will probably probably go live maybe maybe wednesday morning you know kind of depending on when it gets out but you know stay tuned for that you know make sure to follow us on our socials you know play action pod on instagram and then you know play action pods on twitter yeah multiple pods (laughs) always got to make so yeah you know make sure to follow us on the socials and then you know for for the podcast make sure to subscribe you know leave us a rating and you know that that will do it for episode 20